This week on the Solid State Podcast, the full band is back together, and we're here to pick back up on the ever-evolving conversation around AI and more specifically the marketplace that's beginning to take real shape around it. Ever since it burst onto the scene last fall, AI has continued to dominate the moment around products, services, and the companies that bring them to you. It seems that no member of big tech can take the stage anymore without working in some aspect of their broader AI play, be it supercharging their existing virtual assistant, enabling users to literally create content out of thin air, or simply provide the tools to doze off in your weekly team meeting and have a convenient, albeit contextually incomplete, summary for when you finally wake up. The only inescapable fact is these products aren't going anywhere, but possibly even more important is the supporting cast of platform services and infrastructure that are inevitably building up around quote unquote AI. You see the average user doesn't care or want to care that asking ChatGPT a question sets off a string of cloud-based events that spin up servers, transfer data, and in the end cost someone or many someone's money. So while the public-facing version of this race is who can make the most game-changing AI experience first, the whole other side of that very same race is who can create the best, most efficient infrastructure to enable it and do so profitably. For better or worse, the moment's upon us. And in typical solid-state style, we're going to interrogate every angle and ask ourselves and you the question, if we're finally here with AI, should we have come in the first place? Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's Solid State Podcast. I'm your host, John Joyce. I'm Eric Sargent. And I'm Cody Toscano. All right, we got Cody to come back. So uh, Eric and I (laughs) went rogue and talked about some things and some stuff and some cameras we definitely can't afford and should not spend money on and won't. But we are uh, back this week uh, primarily to talk about, I mean, I guess to continue to talk about AI. Um, There's just... We've talked about it before. We've talked about it already some this week, but um, we really felt it was time again to circle back and just kind of cast a wider net, not about any one product or even one big story that's breaking right now, but AI is a big enough conversation for enough of the names you know that we as participants in the industry and just as people that populate this earth, we've said before, it's so important to continue to interrogate this topic because you know, I'm not jumping straight to Terminator, but it is, it's got stakes, right? Like this, yeah. this yeah. conversation has stakes for business, for people, for lives, for livelihoods. Like all those things are touched by that. But before we dive all the way in, I have a story okay, and okay. it has nothing to do with the topic, which is not going to shock you guys in any way. <laughs> but I thought I would Welcome kick to off the today's episode, podcast. podcast. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most on brand thing I've ever said. Uh, no. Uh, this is a story from this very morning because I had an iPhone revelation that is important for anyone out there like me that lives and more importantly dies by reminders. Uh-huh. Um, I'm a shower slash driving thoughts person. Like when I'm when I'm doing something else is when the thoughts come to me that range all the way from that would be a neat way to mod my PC all the way to that would be a neat product category for us to launch next year. Like the full spectrum of things happen to me when I'm doing other things. I know that's like a very human thing. Like people do that, but it's very, very much me. But my problem is it's always when I'm doing something that precludes me from doing anything about the thought that just came to mind. So if I don't notate it somewhere, it's gone. It's never coming back. The, the fortunes that I have probably lost by not writing down the things that have occasionally ran through my brain 
and probably the fortunes I've saved by not doing some of those things either. But I digress. 50-50. Um, yeah, I still, I still regret that sticky note I lost in 1996 about buying <laughs> Apple stock. I totally forgot. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Remember to grab the flash drive with all the Bitcoin on it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. Um, what was that, Eric? The most expensive pizza of all time. But <laughs> yeah. anyway. Um, so five Bitcoin or something. That's right. So my 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 thing about reminders. This is my PSA for the day, and I swear this actually has nothing to do with the topic. But it's it, my, my phone literally just went off as we were hitting record with the test that I set up this morning. So what I did worked. Um, if you are like me, and I realize I am the aggressive minority on this, I've talked about on the show, when I get a new iPhone every year, it is a ritual for me. I don't restore backup. I literally set it up as a fresh iPhone every year, set it up from scratch. It's just, it's one of my favorite things to do. Um, it also comes at a cost. The cost of my setting up a new iPhone every year is sometimes I just discover weird iPhone-isms that I probably wouldn't discover if that thing that I'd already fixed five years ago was still intact on my phone because I got carried forward in a backup. Oh, no, no. I get to rediscover these things every year. And the most recent one is I've noticed I've been setting reminders like, you know, driving down the road in traffic and I'll tell, hey, S-I-R-I, remind me at 3.30 to email Eric about blank product that I think we should try in security next year or something like that. And the reminders get made. Um, SIRI is doing her job in that regard. The reminder is created. What wasn't happening was I was not getting any of the notifications about those reminders. Mm -hmm. And then I'd have, and then I'd be in a different position much later that day or maybe a different day altogether to actually open the reminders app. And boom, stacked right there would be four or five things all past due that I've reminded myself about that never hit my lock screen, never hit a widget, never hit my watch. Interesting. And just like it's a joke in my friend group. You know, I'll text our group chat sometimes like you know, reminders work because I'd be with I'd set a reminder and whatever it reminded me to do for one of them or all of them or what have you, you know, it would do. It would remind me. I would do the thing. I'd be like, haha, I did the thing. Reminders work. My reminders have literally not been working since my iPhone 15 arrived, however many weeks ago at this point. Yeah. So John's productivity has effectively ground to a halt as a result <laughs> of this. It's a big deal. Well, I finally had the spare few minutes to, you know, be my own IT guy and dig into it this morning and figure out the why. Because I, to be clear, I did the normal stuff. I went to settings. I went into reminders. All the right things were toggled on. But then what hit me this morning was like, huh, I went into the reminders section of settings, but I never went into the notifications section of settings. So I'm scrolling through. There is no reminders section of settings, which I know cannot be right because I have changed things in that settings pane, not on this phone, but on phones past. I have made changes here before, and I refuse to believe that Apple just nuked a whole page of the set of the of the of the, of the notification settings. Yeah. So I do what every good IT person does, and I Google it for myself. And here is the thing I'd like to save one of you out there from going down the path that I did. Um, this is Ever since I got this phone, it turns out I have yet to open the reminders app to <sighs> manually create a notif a reminder. It's always been through SIRI. To hit the continue button when you open the app. so It, it like never toggled the permissions pane to allow notification, to allow it to issue me first party notifications. Even though I had done the thing verbally now dozens and dozens and dozens of times because I had never done it 
tapping glass. It had never had the opportunity to pop up and wow. say, would you like to give permission, uh, notifications, per- I'm sorry, reminders, permissions to give you a notification. Here's the goofiest part of the whole thing. I insist on calling this a bug. Tim, if you're out there, call me. Um, once I did that, reminders showed up in the notification settings. The whole page reappeared. Now, never mind you, there are a hundred other apps that I did not give permission to that are all there under that settings pane and they just say off like they're supposed to. The reminders portion of the notification settings pane does not present itself until after the first time that you've tried to set up a notification, I'm sorry, a reminder manually. Interesting. Yeah, that's kind of wild. Actually. This is nonsense. This is yeah. absolute nonsense. I I just Apple, you're on notice. There, so I must have manually opened notes at some point. I don't most use them like pe- you do, but I must most have. people have. So anyway, that's if funny. that if you are anywhere near as crazy of a person as me and need this to quite literally navigate your daily life, I'm here to save you from. 60 plus days of absolute insanity as I have just gone through wanting, I know I set a reminder to do this. Where was my reminder? reminder? Oh, there it is. Um, all the productivity that I've been given back just with one fell swoop of a swipe on glass. In, so. uh, in conjunction with that, I, I did get an iPhone 15, uh, the other day and, uh, I welcome to the tribe. I, I'm just, I'm just, oh, welcome I, back. I, opened, I should say I opened my reminders app, but now because of this, I got both of the notifications to allow the, there you, there you go. go. Perfect. Because yeah. I was like, I don't think I did that. So there, there you go. See, so th- th- this week's solid state tip is to uh, open go your, not- your notes app, manually your open your reminders app, and create a freaking reminder to toggle the permissions. So, um, thanks iPhone for trying to save me from myself. I don't know, but yeah, I've, I've hit about like twelve of those permission, like you know. Windows now setting up this phone. Oh yeah, uh, and, and I'm sure that one popped up during my grand reset up of the phone, and I'm sure I was tap 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 and zigged when I should have zagged, hit the wrong thing, and it never represented itself. But as what I can't, the I'm fully willing to accept that I messed up this setup. The part that I'm stuck on is the reminders piece not being in the notifications right. settings yeah, pane. Like, like I, I've used an iPhone long enough. I knew where to go. Like yeah. Once I realized my notifications weren't coming through, I knew what to do. It was go to notifications, turn the things on. It wasn't there. But yeah. anyway, I've now burned the whole top of our episode on not what we came to talk about. But that was but obviously very It sounds like that would be a great job for, for AI. <laughs> if swerves are on brand for us so is go. a pivot of like that. that caliber yes. so uh segueing right back into it <laughs> um all right so diving into ai uh, we, we did not come to the table with any you know grandiose you know eric and i at, at the tail end of our last episode where we talked about the sony alpha three three nine three nine nine alpha nine three that's not confusing whiskey zulu foxtrot (laughs) whatever um anyway um we did have a few spare minutes at the end to talk briefly um about the humane ai pin and i guess that not to rehash something we just talked about literal days ago but i thought it'd be an interesting place to kick off this conversation because again we've been talking about ai for a very long time as a a group as an industry as a people as people that love technology very heavily for the last 12 to 15 months, give or take, after OpenAI and ChatGPT burst on the scene last year. Like it's been in a cultural moment for over a year now, for sure. Um, but what kind of circling back to the humane AI pin and not to reinterrogate 
are issues with that product because they are a plenty. Um, it's more, I wanted to pick back up on what it represents more as the thing that it is. And what occurred to me is, you know, AI has been, you know, again, with us for a long time, with us publicly or, you know, in the moment for the last year or so, but it's been parts of digital products, right? Like people go to chat GPT, people use Bard, um, Microsoft, we're going to talk about a little bit more here in a few minutes. Like they are all in on just layering copilot into every bit of the Microsoft broader Microsoft experience. So like these things are there in a digital product perspective. What was interesting to me about the humane pin, and it's not the first, but it's amongst the first things that you can put into a box and put on a shelf that are wholly about AI. It's a product in a physical sense. All these other ones are, you know, they're, again, they're, they're software, right? And obviously the the AI pin is just a physical thing powered by software, but the, the AI pin represented to me is a literal thing. They're going to put into a box, sell you for $700 and it exists in the physical space in a way that, yes, my phone exists in a physical space. And I use that to interact with say chat GPT, but I didn't buy it for that. Like the humane AI pin really was like that, that one of the first things I saw was like those people that might buy it are literally walking up to purchase a physical thing that is wholly and entirely tied to the concept of this broader AI space. And I have to imagine it's certainly not the last like that, that we've seen the explosive growth onto the scene of all these services that are tied at the hip directly to AI. What I think we're getting ready to see is more and more literal in a box products mm-hmm. that are also going to be tied to it. And it's interesting what that's going to mean. You know, again, we have, you know, Eric, going back to our camera conversations, yeah. there, there's going to be an ever growing number of cameras that interact with AI in interesting yeah. ways. I'm expecting you're buying be, them to take photos. Yeah. I'm expecting it to be a huge thing in the, um, like intro photography market, like the point and shoot cameras, mm-hmm. I can see them working a lot of that computational AI photography into those. Like we talked about with that glass algorithm that's supposed to make yep. um, pictures, smartphone pictures look better. If they're going to, if they work that into those little tiny postage stamp sensors that are in those point and shoot cameras, and then just run everything you take through just gobs of AI before it puts the picture on the screen it makes it's going to make the pictures look really cool on cameras that don't cost a lot of money. So I can see them going that way for sure. Right. Um, so, you know, kind of zooming out to, you know, products as a whole, you know, said cameras, there's one, obviously, you know, we talked about the humane AI pin and you know, how much, you know, Eric, and I don't want to just you know, crap all over that product. I've never touched it. I've never used it. Yeah. I don't believe it's something I would buy, but you know, in, in a world where, you know, if you guys were going to have your shower or driving thought, as I was talking about earlier about, oh my God, this is the product that I would want AI to be at the forefront of. Is there something to you guys where it's like, yeah, you know what? That might, that might be the thing that would get me to cross the aisle and actually hand over cash for a thing in a box that was about AI, not using AI, but that was about AI. Is, is there a thing yet? As we're about to give someone else a billion dollar idea, but I haven't, (laughs) I haven't thought of anything yet. That's like a, you know, a standalone AI widget that I must have. It's mostly would be integrated into other products. I feel like, um, the big thing, the big change for most people is going to be when their virtual assistants, SIRI, 
Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't think she's in the room. Alexa, um, <laughs> you know, all of those are going to suddenly get more intelligent mm-hmm. right? and able to understand you better and able to speak to you in a conversational way and understand what you're asking for. No more of this. Like, I don't, I don't know that. And those kind of, those answers won't exist because it will have tapped into the AI on the back end and be able to actually parse out what you're asking and figure out answers to your questions. That's going to be the pivotal moment. I feel like when, when I have those kind of smarts on my wrist with the device I already wear tied to my phone, which I already carry, that's going to be a big deal for me, but I can't think of a standalone widget yeah, those so that, are all that's integrated an, with my. That, that's an interesting point because it's we could all be forgiven for thinking that really AI in you know the little a little i sense has been that was actually the Apple Insider logo. Sorry, right. um, <laughs> um, has been with us since the Echo. Right, we did talk about that sure. in a recent episode. Like voice assistants, almost anyone on the street that you walk up to and ask do you use an AI product? Many of them would say, oh, I've been using it for years when I talk to Siri, when I talk to Alexa, right. when I talk to, you know, hey, G-O-O-G-L-E. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and yet there is, I guess in the, the I'm sure someone's going to email me about this. There's some level of quote unquote artificial intelligence happening when yeah. it is accepting vocal inputs from me, doing a query search and then, bring, you know what I mean? Like that's, these smart assistants have had, some level of that happening, but they have not been infused what we think of as AI. Now these, they are not LLMs. And that's where like the terminology breaks down. You just touched on it. They are, they are currently smart assistants, but they're not AI assistants yet. Right. But are they, does that make those the Trojan horse? Is it, you know, have we, have we all already been brought to a level of comfort having smart speakers and smart things in our houses, on our bodies? You know, we, we spent plenty of time talking about the reasons why we didn't think the, the humane AI pin would work, but I sure wear my Apple watch ultra every single day. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, me too. I mean, that's going to be the thing that gets widespread acceptance of it is most people already think they're using it. And then right. it's going to just look like, hey, wow, they made this smarter. This is so, so much, much less frustrating to use now because it understands yeah. what I'm asking it. That's totally. that's going to be the, you know, it'll be in everybody's house. Everybody will be okay with it because we're desensitized to it already. And, and I think there. And I think backing AI into the products we're already used to using Mm -hmm. is that market penetration move that the broader industry is going to take. The most clear example of that I saw this week was... um, Microsoft had its big their 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 big annual you know you know IT you know announcement convention and one of them was and this this really shocked me at a couple I guess it shouldn't have shocked me so inside inside the biz um, Windows 10 very very prolific operating system running on tons of devices yeah. out there is end of life in less than two years. Like the, 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 the clock is ticking for the end of life end of support for Windows 10. That's a very time sensitive topic in our line of work. We are dealing with that on the front lines for any number of people that we serve on a daily basis because getting way in the weeds for a second. footprint is still Windows 10. Yeah. Right. And a shocking percentage of that footprint is not eligible to go to Windows 11 because of the hardware is not officially eligible yeah. to go to Windows 11. Again, don't email me. Yes, I know there's workarounds. I hack things the, too. The but I mean, stuff, yeah. y- yes, but there are, there, by the letters of the box, yes. a huge percentage of that footprint out there is not eligible to go to Windows 11. Um, 
which means that, you know, that's an adoption driver, right? Microsoft can say security all they want. They want to sell more windows and they want to, and they want Dell to sell more computers and so on and so forth. But again, not what we're here to talk about. Um, what shocked me and it shouldn't have is that Microsoft is bringing, I've I've been playing around with Copilot and Bing chat on windows 11 for a while. I'm on the insider ring and, you know, I, I play with those things quite a bit, um, from a, you know, really more of a technical curiosity perspective. What shocked me is they're bringing Copilot down to Windows 10. Yeah, so a product yeah. that has, I think, 22, 23 more months of mainline. Of, of, yeah. yeah. And they, they, Microsoft still believes, they, they're not doing this out of, out of, you know, because they felt like doing something fun. They're doing it because they believe that they've seen the numbers. They know how many Windows 10 devices are out there. And they, you know, speaking of ticking clocks, they realize their best opportunity to get this in front of as many eyeballs as possible is to invest the technical time into getting it onto those devices, even though in theory, and, and obviously Microsoft is also aware, many people are going to be continuing to use Windows 10 beyond its end of support date. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. What's interesting to me is with AI developing at the rate that it is, what happens after that end of support date? So you've pushed Copilot out to tens or hundreds of millions of devices, and then they stop getting patched. So what happens when that security flaw is announced that allows you to use Copilot on Windows 10 to bypass biometrics and get to all your private information? Mm-hmm. Is Are they going to issue an emergency patch? Are they just going to say, hey, sucks to be you, go out and buy a Windows 11 computer? I mean, bringing, this is, this is as bleeding cutting edge as it gets in our space right now. Like all these AI tools are, it's very unusual for something this the something that's iterating as quickly as this still is to be as forefront in the consumer space you know what i mean normally this is like the us's of the world are playing with it and it's really fun but it's not really ready for joe public these right. companies are all about getting their borderline emphasis on borderline beta products in consumers hands as quickly as possible because they don't want to repeat the iphone moment and miss the window Yep. Satya Nadala was just talking recently about the regrets, the continued regrets of Microsoft, Windows you know, Sony. letting go of the mobile space. Yep. Yeah. But, but also I, you know, they had to, cause they met, it wasn't that they shouldn't have given up. They should have committed earlier. They mm-hmm. missed the window. Um, so they're all terrified right. of missing the window and seeding it to meta or to go or to any one big name. And then looking up five years now, I'm saying, well, now we're too far behind and it's game over. So they're all just rushing after this thing because they're terrified of missing the next big thing. But the secondary, the secondary effect of that is all of these products are being shoved into the consumer's face with no real understanding of what it is, no tangible understanding of how to use it. And to me, what's most important, zero understanding of how to do it safely. Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's the it's to do use a Star Wars reference because I'm that guy. It's the Empire. They're building all of the infrastructure with no handrails. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's really fun. Hey, ah. the control panel. <laughs> exactly. Um, we didn't, we of, didn't have the budget for this rails here. Exactly. Sorry. Go ahead, yeah. Cody. Well, and and your point kind of made me think like, okay, like Microsoft or Apple, you know, they're going to intru- you know put these into their existing products. Like, I'm sure there will be third party. AI, right? Are you going to be able to download an app that you give permission to your phone that that is going to have that AI permission or interact with those apps in that way? Um, right. I think about that as well. Like, oh, could I just download some 
random AI app that's yeah. I'm going to get more to your computer where you just give permission. And, yeah, I don't like know. Siri. I'm going to go with AI. You know, I like the voice and yeah. the, the way that this AI interacts with me better. I'm going to download that and put it on my phone, and it's from some random company mm. that's just doing AI. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't think about that. Well, you're right. And, and actually, and Cody couldn't be more right because there's there's evidence of this happening as we speak because the, the race is not just to create the AI product. The race is actually on to create the next AI platform. Mm -hmm. And there's mm -hmm. two specific examples out that I've seen again in recent days and weeks. One is OpenAI had their big, you know, developer conference and a huge tentpole of that was the creation and release of their AI app store. Mm -hmm. The whole point being create your AI powered tool app, what have you, and you and have OpenAI be the platform for it and the way that people discover access and use it. And you know, obviously there's huge questions swirling around that of, you know, how do people get, you know, where, right. at the end of the day, it all comes down to how do people get paid, right? Like how much is it going to cost to maintain? What's the revenue share model look like? How do developers get paid? I mean, going back to how did Apple and Android win? They figured out how to put money in the pockets of developers. Mm -hmm. And obviously you only have to go, you only have to go as far as the Fortnite trials to see that that, um, how that but, mechanism oh, yeah. works is still hotly contested. But Microsoft didn't fail because Windows phone was bad. Microsoft failed because you couldn't get Instagram. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like that's it, because they and couldn't Windows put enough. Well, yes. <laughs> I there were there so over that if there are good apps, right? right. Like yep. there's a certain crappy phone that you'll use if like the apps are good enough. If if like, if the app of the day time, is there. Yeah, yeah, there 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 is a cocktail there that has to be there. And so again, going back to the fear of missing out, the FOMO by all these trillion dollar companies is missing out on being that platform. So that's OpenAI mm -hmm. and then Microsoft, um another one of their um announced tools is basically the ability to use Copilot to create your own AI, like to create your own Copilot AI. You know what? So to use it as a back as a backend to create custom AIs. So you can be able to create your own custom AI Copilot. So they, they literally launched a platform called Microsoft Copilot Studio, and the whole idea is to be able to create an AI for a very specific task or a specific group of tasks powered by Copilot provided through Microsoft. And again, I'm sure there's going to be some kind of rev share model or something yeah. where, you know, bring your AI idea to life using our tools and our platform. And we quote unquote, all get to get a little bit richer. Like mm -hmm. that's, that that's what they're chasing is bringing the app store model that has minted trillions of dollars for some of these companies and bring it to this new AI driven frontier. Again, the question swirling around AI is not what's it going to be or how are we going to use it? It's how do we all get paid? Mm -hmm. Cause the one universal truth of, of how AI works today is that it's ruinously expensive to operate. Yeah. Yeah. They every single time, sometime, yeah. yes, every single time you throw a query at ChatGPT, it costs them money. Mm -hmm. Every single time. And we no longer live in an effectively zero interest environment. Yeah. A lot of these, what's interesting to me is the, the literal circumstances that allowed many of the products we use today to exist were because these companies could afford to burn cash near endlessly because cash was effectively free. They could walk into a bank, a VC or whatever, walk out with millions and millions of dollars of runway and then just burn through it until the next round because they could keep borrowing at almost no cost. That's not true anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, when these when these interest rates are, you know, it's it's changing. 
it, it's bad enough when you're a regular, you know, when you're trying to go buy a car and now your interest rate delta has gone from three to 6%. That is a meaningful impact on someone's monthly payment. Yeah. When you're borrowing a hundred million dollars to launch a, a, a product, um, <laughs> fractions of percents are yeah. meaningful amounts of money. And we're talking about multiple percents difference of than just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So it, that, that, that ha- I think to me at least has changed the imperative for these companies of, okay, this is all really neat and cool and very well maybe the next frontier. We have to solve how to get paid. We can't solve it tomorrow. We have to solve it now because yeah, they all have crap tons of money. You know, Microsoft, Apple, Google, Meta, they could burn money for a really long time except that they have this thing called shareholders they have to answer to. Right. And that share those shareholders do not want to see dollars go down. They want to see gro- they want to see growth always. Mm-hmm. And you can't do that when you're setting your piles of money on fire. So I said the, the answer to date was always just go borrow more money for next to nothing so that, you know, these numbers all look fine to our shareholders when, and you know, we'll, we'll pay it back later. Mm-hmm. Well, no, now you have to start paying it back now at a much higher rate. So I, I do believe, I know that's like a little bit in the weeds from a dollars and banking perspective, but I do think it's changing. I think some of the ferocious sprint forward that we're seeing right now is not just tied to a, we we don't necessarily have to get there first, but we can't afford to get there last. Mm-hmm. It's as It's as much about that as it is we have to get to some kind of cash flow and we have to get there soon. Yeah, so I mean, I, all I, the things we already sell. Right. Yeah, I saw an article about you know that you know Apple is obviously feeling behind the eight ball on it. They haven't made the strides that other people have made because they, frankly, their focus has been on the hardware, their chips. You know, yeah. mm-hmm. and now that they finally got a little bit of runway, they're spending. I think it said five billion dollars. They're planning on spending five billion dollars a year catching up. Trying to yeah. trying to play catch up with the uh, the AIs, you know, to get their to get Siri smarter, to get you know their stuff with their own version of whatever this is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're building. I don't know if they're building it from the ground up or if they're using something on the back end to start with. But it's I, 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 I believe it's it. a lot. Yeah, I would believe it. With yeah, making their own. Just they're gonna have their whole own world. Their AI is gonna you know everything will be yep. in the yep. house. Yeah, they they they, they will. Uh, Again, this is not because they felt like being altruistic. It's just it's part of their product strategy. Mm-hmm. I, I think Pro will be better with AI, probably. Oh, like absolutely, will be. <laughs> but like Apple's product strategy for a long time now has been to sell it on the promise of privacy. You know, we yeah. take your security. Now, whether or not this is always true or not is a whole other point that can be interrogated. But the the statement from their lips to our ears have been: it's about security, it's about your yeah. privacy, it's about protecting the user. Yeah, blah blah blah. All the processing living, on your device. Live inside of our beautiful walled garden, and we promise you'll be safe. I have no reason to believe their AI strategy won't look wouldn't look very very similar. Yep. Yeah, you can use all you've been using these other guys' tools for years now. At the at, by the time they get around to this, but you can come over here and use ours, and your you know your interactions are all encrypted, and it's all tied to your Apple ID, and you know this percentage of it's happening on device, so it's not even having to go to the cloud and back. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they're going to lean fun, into you know? <laughs> like sure. it'll integrate with iMessage and do this yeah. or whatever. And, and Eric, you hit it. You hit it too. They're going to be. They're going to make it so that you know. It's as much about the M what the M processor can do. Can do. You know, yep. the, here's their the neural, M whatever neural network cores that they've got built into all the yep. chips now this is exactly what they've been building them in there for they've already i mean even our old m1s already had more than most other 
the chips neural engine chips. In, so, yep. you know. And, and that's not just an Apple thing. And obviously this is at a different, this is at a more cloud-centric scale. But then going back to Microsoft this week, Microsoft announced a pair of first-party silicon not to go into a device that you're going to buy. It's to go into servers in their data centers to power AI in the cloud without having to be wholly reliant on NVIDIA. Because right now, NVIDIA is just they're rolling money in, in dump trucks yeah, because their chips are at the hardware forefront of this AI wave. And Microsoft has announced a pair of chips that, you know, for better folks, we haven't used them yet, but on paper, they are designed to, you know, propel Microsoft forward into the back end of this space. Because again, there's there's several places where, going back to the, someone's got to figure out how to make money doing this. Yep. Um, there's obviously the products, which is the consumer-facing side of it. But then there's also the, the literal infrastructure mm-hmm. that goes into yep. making all of this happen. Infrastructure is where Satya Nadala bought his 29th house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like <laughs> Azure yeah. is huge and it's the thing that everyone is using that no one talk just like aws right you know aws a little bit more like if you said it some people might have heard about it before but the, again going yeah. back to joe public does not think about the fact that every website they use yeah. is being served to them by amazon yeah, Instagram is like living on a server somewhere right so and azure's right there as well so for them to be microsoft's in a very interesting position here and it is a powerful one because they are in a place where with Windows and with 365 and with all these very, very both consumer and business facing products, AI can be at the forefront, but they also stand to win in certain in the right set of circumstances by providing the actual infrastructure, or at least parts of the infrastructure that it all runs on. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so even, then they can, you know, even if they're even if Copilot completely tanks, they can still say, well, we still got the whole infrastructure side of it. They still depend on us. We're still making money from AI, right. just not from if, the front if, end. If, if, right. John, if, if John GPT turns out to be the actual <laughs> next great AI, not a product, never a product. Um, <laughs> right, you're exactly right. Microsoft setting themselves up not to care. I'm sure they would love to win on right. both fronts. Yeah. But if they're the ones providing the mm-hmm. pipes, they still get to win. Yep. Just like you know, they lost in the they lost in the smartphone space. Guess what? The iPhone prints money for Microsoft every day because of how many people are using 365 on their iPhone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, because the first party Microsoft experience on iOS is so good, they win every single day as a result of that. So, um, I it's it's it's. Definitely a big piece of Satya Nadal's legacy as CEO. I think he's been a huge part of that strategy. He has a great team behind him as well. But I think that strategy of winning for losing, because again, they lost on some fronts. They've looking at their financials, they've sure pulled out a win over yeah, his tenure okay. compared to his predecessor. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. um, you know, just a, a lot to be said. I think it is interesting the different ways that AI as a broad concept stands to be productized. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, what I don't know, and I don't think anyone knows is what is going to be the cocktail of companies that win at those different la- layers. I hope it's multiple. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I don't want their competition, right? I don't want there to just be one or two front facing models that people solidify behind. If this thing is going to be with us, I want there to be 10. 
Yeah. And I want yeah. them to constantly be making each other. And I want a couple to die off and three more to take their place. I want a mar- I want a healthy marketplace, just like you know, I want multiple companies making chips. I want multiple companies powering these things in the back end. And going back to the dollars and cents of it, if they are if they all have to if they all have to actually strive to make a dollar. I hate to say it, that's going to further incentivize more people to enter that market. Because again, in a, in a world where these companies could afford to infinitely borrow cash to shut out the competition, maybe it's a good thing that they all they 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 all have to come to the table with a strategy to go make money now. Yeah. Because that's can be to the power of a startup. Because guess what a startup doesn't have to do? Cover as much of a you know, they don't have shareholders to appease quite as much right. yet. They don't have as many bills to pay. They don't have all the baggage that comes with being a huge trillion dollar multinational corporation. So they can actually get to revenue more swiftly. They can get to be cash flow positive more agilely. So it actually creates the conditions for a more diverse they marketplace. Can, they can take I more think that's risks. great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. And some will, many will fail, but some will succeed. And then when some of those fail, others will come in behind them. This is how the marketplace is supposed to work. And in a weird way, I'm excited to see if that theory plays out because I really think it could. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're in the, we're in the wild, wild west phase right now, just like we were with the, oh my God, so many triple W's with the World Wide web, you know, Mm -hmm. when it first came out, it was, (laughs) there was no rules. There was no, it was everyone just trying to scramble to get their piece of the pie. And we had that exact thing you just described with all like the browser wars that we had at the start and to, you know, like anybody remember Netscape, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) all of these things that came and went as at the start of that, when there were no rules and there were no regulations and all of this stuff was just, people were just trying to get to market with a cool product that people would pay for. And that's in that we're in that phase for AI right now, which is, which is pretty exciting to see that come around and happen again with this, especially because it can do some cool things. I know what you know, we're going to touch on some of the products that are getting AI built into it. One of the ones that I've been using lately with the photography stuff is Photoshop. I have the, you know, I pay the $9.99 a month or whatever for the photography plan with Adobe. So I get Photoshop and Lightroom and all that kind of stuff. And a month ago, maybe if that there was a, you know, they did the update to the newest version of Photoshop and it integrated Adobe's, I think it's Firefly is what they're calling their yes. AI. Mm-hmm. So it basically, you know, they've always had content aware deletion. So like you could, right. you could circle a person in a photo and yeah. then hit the delete key and it would say, you know, do you just want to remove it and leave a white blank space or do you want to do content aware removal? And you'd click content aware removal. It would kind of look at everything around it and create a background so it wouldn't leave a white hole in your picture. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, now those content aware things, you can circle something with the lasso tool and you know, a blank space. Like I did it with, with my son, we were playing around, we had a landscape photo and we bit, made a big circle on the landscape photo. And I was like, what do you want to make buddy? And he's like a uh, wizard's tower. So I typed in wizard's tower and hit enter and it created a wizard's tower in the landscape photo that we took with the correct lighting and everything on the tower and made it look like it was part of the photo, which is really neat. You know, again, that's, this comes back to our, what is a photo conversation, but that's for another episode, but it was just, it's built right into Adobe and it, yeah. and it frankly works pretty good and works pretty quickly when I, when I process, I don't know where they're doing the processing. I don't know if it's happening on my device or happening in the cloud and then it's downloading mm. the objects to put in. I don't know how it does, how it works I, in the back I would end, imagine but, that has to be in the cloud and then yeah, brought down. I would think but so. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I raise a good point. Cause, cause but, yeah, I want, I wanted to bring that up too. Like, yeah, the, the movie making, the like Photoshop, yep. 
you know, zone. I feel like even apps that like are coming out for your phone, they're saying like, oh, use AI to touch up photos or whatever. Like photos are becoming very, you know, you can manipulate them so much. And even with like video, it is kind of the implications of like, you know, the man hours or how many people, or do you even actually need a person to work on something really like that? You know? Yeah. I don't like, I I would assume that Adobe is eventually going to work Firefly into things like After Effects. Mm-hmm. So you're going to yep. be able to go into After Effects and say, you know, rotating title, flying through screen, you know, that does whatever, and like write out your whole description and hit enter and it's going to like do your, right. your keyframes and do all the creation. And then all of a sudden you've got the, you know, and, and like how many, how many people, how many, how much expertise would that have taken in the past? And now it's like the AI is doing it. It's, it's definitely, that's where this conversation's headed is yeah. who's going to lose their job. And, and I'm sure you've heard <laughs> of like, oh, AI art, like a company, oh, this company yeah. used AI art to make their logo or whatever. Like I think feel like people were really like, oh, I can tell when something's AI art right now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like there is, some people do have a problem with it, right? Like there is something about like looking at art and being like, oh, a computer just made this, like whatever, right? I feel like there's a degree of like that artistry. People do like innately go like, oh, that's just a computer that made that. Like it's not as cool or something like that. I don't know. I feel like there is that, we're going to start seeing it and not know, you know, that it is. It's eventually going to get so good that, yeah, yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of, you know, the other conversation we had too is, you know, they're, they're doing this, um, like embedding these codes in the content that people are creating, Mm -hmm. you know, original content that says, you know, this is original. It hasn't been edited. It hasn't been altered, that kind of thing. And it's like built into the metadata of the photos. I'm wondering if they're going to have to start if, you know, when regulation comes for AI, if they're going to have to regulate something like that, when you create a photo, when you create a piece of anything, writing, whatever, there's going to have to be some sort of metadata that has encoded like this is a, this was created by AI. Even if it's not apparent to the viewer right away, if someone digs into the back end of it, they can see, okay, yeah, this was created by AI. This is not real. Yeah, so definitely. I would think that something like that is going to have to be coming for it. Oh, yeah, because I'm, I'm sure I'm waiting for, like, the first AI movie that's, like, in theaters, right? That, like, we just gave it a prompt or something. You know, right. right <laughs> and now, made, made a whole movie from a yeah. prompt. Yeah, that'd this be interesting. Spielberg movie or something. Oh, jeez. Um, in, in addition <laughs> to that, I, the one thing... I don't want to talk about the pin really itself, but the one thing that I yeah. like about it is it does hit that privacy thing. It has a camera on it, right? So yes, I think that next AI like boom is going to be it being able to see things too, right? Like, oh, what is this in my hand? Or like, I think they did in the yep. in the video, like how many grams or of almonds do I have in my hand, right? Right. That's silly, but I think like being no, able to I, ask it for contextually like and it can just see in front of you and actually like you don't have to exp- i don't know like you said siri you have to be like okay no i want i'm trying to ask this ask actually. i'm going to yeah. describe this thing to you robot yep. now tell me about it and, yeah. and you're right, the the, vi- the visual element of being contextually aware is valuable but you also said at the i heard you say it at the top end of that yeah I think as a society, we have to grapple with what that means from a privacy perspective, because we've talked about my experiences of what it was like the one time I could muster wearing Google Glass in public. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I will tell you, society or me, I was very uncomfortable. I I did it very much as a social experiment, but like... It was very uncomfortable to exist in a space around people where everyone that looked at you knew you were pointing a camera at them right. at all times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was eleven years ago. And people are really aware of that stuff nowadays too. Like, yeah. oh, is there? A ca- oh, you got a camera? <laughs> right. So, so yeah, yeah. Like we've and we've talked about this on the show before. You're in a room full of people. It, going back to just like 
the real spidey senses I do feel humans have, you know, when someone in the room, you know, when someone's checking their phone versus using a camera, you know Absolutely. what I mean? There's a, there's a body there's language clues, yeah. thing. There's just that the hairs that rise in the back of your, you know, when normally when there's a camera trained on you, um, and that is still very real when everyone in the room clocks the person using a device that has can I've thought about this with um those the Ray-Ban sunglasses the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the new ones, ones that are tied to meta, yeah, the meta ones. and like again like the, and again there's like a I guess there's a light or whatever on it that get that, that turns on when the camera's engaged like there's they're making an effort I wouldn't call it best effort but they're making an effort to make it yeah. obvious when the camera's quote unquote in use I also know that electrical tape exists Right, right. And um, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> or just a magic yeah. marker with a little tiny LED light. Right. Like there out. Yeah. there, there yeah. are bad actors out there and there's nothing stopping people today from hiding a camera on their person. I mean, there's just crappy people out there and that's just that, that, that part's not new, but going back to just like the social element of, to your point, Cody, these products are going to need that level of input to do what the vision is, you know, pun very much intended. Like if the vision is to have them be able to do all these grandiose things, they have to be able to see what we're looking at. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the trade-off on that, the cost of that contextual awareness is everyone walking around with a camera at all times. And we already have them in our pockets, mm-hmm. but yeah. now they're going to be pointed at you 24 hours a day. Yeah. And, you know, how much monitoring is done. Again, talking about Apple saying that their stuff will be private. That's going to be what they lean on because mm. things like this AI pin, they're going to be saying, you know, where where's the data going that it's picking up? How much of that is it gathering and using to help improve its algorithms? And is your data actually safe? You know, there's those conversations all mm-hmm. need to be had. And I'm sure they're being had in behind closed doors in the context of how much can we get away with before people notice. Well, you, you just hit it though. <laughs> They're being had behind closed doors by the people that want to sell us on the idea. Right. Yep. Well, the conversation also needs to be being had is by us, right. by, by, by the, by the consumer, by the people who are going to be asked to buy, use, and, you know, enable these products in, in a real sense. And this has been a through line of this entire show. We have to have these conversations just like we're having right now. If we, the people do not have those conversations and just say, that seems neat. And we don't have the conversation around what is the cost of that product? What is the implications of using what, what, what is the cost to us personally? And as a society and all like, I'm not saying it's doom and gloom or even necessarily a bad thing, but we have to talk about it to just accept that's the new product and I'm going to use it because everyone else is going to be using it and I don't want to get left behind. That's not good enough. That's yeah. not a good enough reason to seed our privacy, to seed our security, to, you know, there are ways to do these things, I'm sure, and do it right and good and fairly. But if we just roll over and say, eh, it's inevitable, I guess I'm just going to use it and that's it, we've lost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not good. So these conversations are mandatory and it can't just be, you know, literally us. It needs to be at a broader sense. A There's a cultural conversation. There's a society level conversation that needs to be had where we all arrive at an agreement of this is the way we are assuming we want to do it at all. Yeah. Because not <laughs> not playing is an option. Like maybe maybe it's not worth it to have 8 billion cameras trained on you at all times. 
Right. Maybe, I'm not. I'm not here to say one way or the other. Maybe it's not. Right. But assuming that we all decide that it is, okay, then what is the right way to do it? What are our expectations for privacy? What are our expectations for security? What are the society? What What do we all accept are the societal norms for? You know, we all kind of know when it's okay to be on your phone. You know what I mean? Because you know how I know we all know that because everyone knows when the jack wagon in the room is on his phone and everyone else knows he shouldn't be. Mm-hmm, you know right. what I mean? For sure. That rem- that that tells me if if we can all silently have a conversation that that guy over there in the corner is being a jerk because he shouldn't be on his phone right now, the fact that we all know that means we're all still aware at least at some level when we should and shouldn't be doing these things. Mm-hmm. Where is that line for these products? Where would it be okay to wear and I'm going to keep picking on humane, not because of the product, right. because they're just the first ones to be putting it out there in a real mm-hmm. sense, right? Or or the meta glasses or anything like that. H- have we decided yet where it's okay to have or use these things? I don't think so because right. we haven't talked about it. Yeah, are you going to get kicked out of a movie theater for wearing your your pin in? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because it's, there's copyright material up on that screen that it could capture the entire mm-hmm. thing if you wanted to. You Check know, your pins you, at the door. Like, right. I, you know, what, what, what is that? What does that look like? There's right. a practical use case conversation that very much needs to be had before it's had for us. Because decisions by proxy where it's just like, well, everyone and their brother has one of these now. I guess it's just normal. And, the, and when, yep. when the sense of normalcy builds out of attrition, that's not okay. Like, it happens yeah. all the time, unfortunately. Mm. But you know that, that only happens if we allow it to. If we and we have those conversations now right. and decide this is when it's okay to do that, and then still, and this is getting way in the weeds of what just be a good human. Some people, even then, are still not going to be okay with it, and having the level of respect, you know, for that, you know, yeah. I, I think about like shoes. Mm-hmm. I have good friends who could give two craps if I walk around in their house with my shoes on. You know what I mean? There's, I, you go to take your shoes off, like, what are you doing? Like, just others, I know for any number of reasons, be it for cleanliness or a society, like for, for a reason, it is, it is known to take your shoes off when you enter their house mm-hmm. and, and various Absolutely. spectrums in between. That, you know, is, is there that moment coming for us? Like, you know, the respect for someone to not wear a functioning camera in their right. home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Take it off, put it in its little AirPods case or whatever it is. Right. You know, put it in your pocket. Like, yeah. When you go to a party, there's going to be a bowl for your keys and a bowl for your AI pins, you yeah. know, just drop everything in there. <laughs> right. The door. So like the, the, this all sounds crazy until it doesn't mm-hmm. because like so many things we've talked about in this show, that conversation I'm describing, I think we're already late. No, we are. And, and that's what yeah. I was going to say is yeah. the, the problem here is, and I'm including myself in this, so I'm not calling anybody out on this other, you know, other than myself and people like me, humans are lazy. Yes, and we are. We're not <laughs> gonna, and we're not going to have that conversation until it happens by attrition. We're going to have it after the fact, and then they're going to have to push these things through with legislation on the back end because it's going to be the wild, wild west because people aren't going to have the conversation because the majority of humans out there don't care right about that they don't think about the things that we're thinking about they look at it and they go that's cool i want to try that and then when enough mm-hmm. people think that that's cool other people will decide that they have to have the cool thing and they won't pay attention to what the cool thing is doing just that they have the cool thing and then eventually 
100 million people will have the cool thing and they'll realize, oh my God, there's 100 million people that are recording everything that they see at all times. Where's that data going? We should probably check on that. Mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> so it's, yeah, kind of terrifying. Managed by about, AI at AWS. <laughs> right. <exactly. laughs> TM. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> so I, as we always seems to end up seem to end up at with these, especially AI conversations, I, I do want to back it off and say, it's not meant to be 100% doom and gloom, the end of the world. And one of the components to it not having to be there is these conversations we're talking about. Yep. And Eric, you said it too. I am famously not a regulation first kind of person. This is one of the places where the regulations are mandatory, because yep. I don't, as much as I don't love regulations, I also don't trust broader scale right. humanity to just do the right thing because yeah. Yeah, they're gonna exactly. have to be told to mm -hmm. and you know I'm, I'm just gonna pick on apple because we don't do it enough um a apple didn't give me USB-C on my iphone because they wanted my charging life to be better they did yep. it because a regulatory body told them they had, they to. had to yep i do love it though <laughs> as do i yeah it has been one of the single most game-changing things on a device i'm embarrassed how game-changing it's been to finally have that last device charged <laughs> with USB-C. um I, I promise it's not as in the weeds as it sounds i think about um the the in my opinion very big news that came out yesterday that apple has announced on the record that by next year they're going to support rcs on the iphone i was going to bring that up oh yep. i didn't see that yeah actually. they made the that is a dramatic change for messaging across because the they world they saw the writing on the wall that they would if they didn't do it they were going to get legislated to do it no tim cook got a phone call yeah yeah <laughs> this is you know the, the, no tim cook got a phone call says tim <laughs> You know that USB-C thing you just had to go do? Well, messaging is next. This is your chance to go and do it on your terms before we do it in writing. Right. You want, do you Some want to save a couple million dollars on your lawyer fees? Let's, billion. let's do this. Or, or, yeah. you know, uh, again, there is no way they looked up and said, well, I guess now's the time. No, yeah. this was driven by proxy through some form of impending or threatened regulation. Do it yourselves or we're going to do it for you. That was the behind doors conversation. I will never not believe that. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't think, you know, these companies make the products they do because they exist in a free marketplace that enables them to do that. They do not need to be regulated into dust. But on the flip side, when they wantonly and knowingly don't do the right thing, and iMessage lock-in is not the right way to sell more iPhones. Mm -hmm. Make iMessage the best messaging experience on earth, which, P.S., by the way, I continue to think it is. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it is it's, it's not it's perfect. It's, it is still the best singular messaging experience I have every day. But it that shouldn't be the... The lock-in to it should not be the reason why people want an iPhone. They should want one because iMessage is just that good. They want it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So bringing that, as I promised, all the way back to this, you know, AI has to be regulated early mm -hmm. because undoing it down the road is going to be that much harder. You know, right. the, the more Pandora slips out of the box, the right. harder I mean, it's going to be to build the fences around And like it. you said, we're already late. So we're already late. Of course yeah. we are. Um, especially in this country and the world. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's so much to be had there. The products bring it full, full, full circle. The products are genuinely interesting. There are, we're just now seeing the earliest glimpses of what the talented people out there can do 
with these tools. I think about the earliest days of the app stores and how amazing it was. You know, I, I remember my first iPhone and it, it by itself was a revelation, but it was a revelation told entirely by Apple's story. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Steve Jobs' earliest views of what the, his view was the app store was the web. Right. You know, you want an app store? Right. Open Safari. The app store as we know it came later. And then once that once those tools were given to developers, the flood it took it took some years to catch to get steam and for everyone to figure out what was happening and for the rev share models to take shape and all that. But once it hit that fever pitch, I, I there was just that that heady day of almost every day there was this new interesting app that did a thing that you had never seen done before on the a 99 phone. Ninety nine cent app, remember that yep. was like a big deal. That's too, it. Like oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And, you know, that created its own set of problems that we're still wrangling to this day for sure. And again, regulation came to it entirely too late. That's why we're having multi-billion dollar lawsuits around, you know, these big companies that have, you know, billions on the line. Mm -hmm. Um, But that moment was still really cool to participate in. And I think there's a moment like that that's happening around us right now where as, you know, yes, the companies that have to build the platforms that's happening right now, but now we're starting to see the earliest days of now those platforms are taking shape. The developers are starting to show up and say, okay, now what can we use these platforms to do? Mm-hmm. That part's exciting. All the other stuff yeah. aside, oh, that yeah. part is just genuinely exciting. But I, 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 I would hate for that excitement to be overly tempered by, and then it got ruined by XYZ because we didn't have the right conversations up front. We didn't put the right yeah. protections in place. Lives have been destroyed because this wasn't done the right way. That's mm. the sucky part. That's the cost of, unfortunately, because you're right, Eric, we're already late. And unfortunately, history would suggest yeah. we're not going to do it in time. Right. Yeah, the scale's already so huge. <laughs> and growing so. every day with the amount of people that are coming out with this stuff. So yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's... It's going to be interesting. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm excited to watch it unfold for sure. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about it a lot more on here. Oh, yes, we will. So, well, on that bombshell, I think we've uh, put enough people to sleep with our view of the future of AI and what that's <laughs> maybe possibly going to look like. We'll see. But uh, anything you guys have to wrap us up? Uh, just a prediction. I, I okay. fully predict that when when Apple integrates RCS into messages, they're going to out of spite still make the bubbles green. <laughs> RCS messages now show up in green only. Yep, exactly. <laughs> I believe that actually. I want it to be a completely different shade of green. Yeah, but yes. still like, green. I, like a, I, I, I want like it to greenish be, blue. Because I want it to be intentional. I want it to be like we did this, but we want you to know that we did it. Yep, exactly. It's and like that, a, like that. you know they're going to take the exact combination of their color blue and their color green and mix them together, and it's going to be that color. <laughs> There, there is a design engineer right now who their entire job is to spend the next nine months with a color wheel figuring yep, out like, exactly mm, that combination. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're going to bring Johnny Ive back for one week yeah, to one design week. that color. I'm going to pay you ten million dollars to design <laughs> our green to get, get give us the most obnoxious color green yep, possible exactly. because we're going to do it, but we're not going to like it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, on that actual bombshell, I think we'll wrap it up, and uh, we will catch y'all next time. Later. <laughs>